Injured in a car accident? We cap attorney's fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery above that is all yours. No recovery, no fees or costs. If another lawyer wants more, lawyer up 904. For accidents, injuries, and more, lawyer up 904. Jacksonville. They are not ready for prime time. Prime time. Prime time. Prime time. That's the name. Prime time. Prime time. What time is it? Showtime prime time. It's XL Prime Time featuring Joe C. Why in the world am I sitting back and being quiet about this? Matt Hayes. That's not how it works. Mia O'Brien. Should I laugh? Should I not laugh? And Leon Searcy. This is a big boy league. How you like me now? How you like me now? Thursday with New Year's Eve, just a couple of days away. The Jaguars headed to Houston. We've got some ball to talk about from the college football world as well. As we welcome you in to XL Primetime, it's a Thursday that, uh, well, it kind of feels like a Wednesday, but it's still time to party right here on a Thursday on XL Primetime. <laughs> yeah, we get closer to 2023. Welcome in. I'm looking across to see a big smile from Coach Campo, who was hanging out with us today, and I look over and I see Mia back from Jersey, ready to rock and roll. Big Sirs. Uh, and JJ, and we've got uh, a little bit of a shorter shift today, so we'll be rolling until 2 o'clock this afternoon. Uh, but welcome back, Mia, Hello. in the house. Yes, back from a uh, Jets country, although I don't think they want to admit they're Jets fans yeah. currently at this juncture uh, yeah. because – It's yeah. a hot mess up well, there. Well, no, no, now, now I take that back because now their savior, Mike White, has returned. Uh, so now so now everyone up, up in uh, the great state of New Jersey, they, they're, they're all back on, well, well the Jets are going to make the playoffs. Because I just know like, this much. If, if I'm anywhere up in the Northeast, yeah. especially what's happening up uh, in, in Buffalo and some of these other Oof. parts, my gosh, I would I would be beelining it to get back down here. Yeah, the uh, the travel, thankfully for myself, was okay. Uh, I actually would like to uh, shout out United Airlines. Uh, yeah. I got upgraded randomly to oh first first class, first time in my life, no delays. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was epic. Uh, so that was a very nice belated Christmas Sweet. gift. So th- while everyone else from Southwest, I'm sorry you were struggling. Um, I was in first class, which was very nice. First time in your life. First class? Uh, yeah. Really? Big Surce knows a little something about that. Upgraded randomly. It was a Surce, I don't think I can go back now. I can't go back to a No, you can't. Once you, once you, listen, first, yeah. once you get in the first class, you can't go back. I know. Yeah. Coach Campo, first class? Yeah. Listen, I'm strictly a coach man. Are they, you a coach man? Oh, He's yeah. only on the private jet. kidding? Charter only. Yeah. Come on. That's that, right. You were on charters, though. You listen, were, yeah. I, my whole life I've been – you know, little man's complex. Yeah, yeah. I don't even care if I end up up there. I like it where well, you I figure, am with, you know the, what? with the masses. You are a coach, so coach class makes sense to you. It well, makes... I know I'm first class whether I'm in first class or not. There it is. That's the truth. Joe, before we go any yeah. further, because mm-hmm. um, I do want to detail, uh, especially as we get into the big discussion around the National Football League today, which is the benching of Derek Carr, mm-hmm. want to give you guys some intel from the folks up in New York because, uh, yeah, they don't really seem like Derek Carr or Jimmy Garoppolo fans in light of Zach Wilson's debacle last Thursday, which is interesting, but I got to tell you, mm-hmm. you you ran to the bathroom mm-hmm. before we started the show, mm-hmm. and Leon's walking in from the bathroom, and up on Good Morning Football's re-air on the right. TV here at 1010XL headquarters, there it was, the graphic with the playoff picture, <clears throat> and your Jacksonville Jaguars were on it. My phone, I wasn't quick enough to take the picture, but Leon just kept looking, and what did you say, Leon? I mean, it was a beautiful thing, yeah. what it was. I was in awe. Well, I could have said thing. Keep looking at that. When's the last time we were able to look at the TV in, in this late in the, in the year and look up there and see Jacksonville number four seed in the playoffs? And I, and I feel like it happened Christmas Day on because mm. the Tennessee Titans lost on Saturday. Yeah. When that 
city was frozen. And that gift has been coming ever since because they are the AFC South division leader. They don't have an X or a Y next to their name just yet. Uh, and some craziness could happen. Uh, but coach and Sirs, you guys know what it feels like to be in a playoff position. And, and, and yeah, it's, it's a big smile. Well, especially this year, because I don't think anybody in their wildest dreams would have thought that we were going to be there. And especially, you know, when people are, were just picking, you know, six wins, mm -hmm. including me. Yeah. You know, they've passed it, and they're in a position to be able to get to that point. They're not there yet, though. Yeah. But that picture shows where this team has come this year. I'll take care of business time is really what it is. I looked at D-Rock as he's heading off to Houston for the Jags game, uh, ESPN coverage uh, for NFL uh, as he is, and bring back a dub. Bring back a dub because this team, I, I rattled off the scores <clears throat> yesterday, any number of ways, two-point losses, one-point loss, blowout losses, all these things that have happened uh, nine straight times well, for this franchise. Well, I mean, also that. what you want to hope is there's no built-in excuse that, well, you know, really didn't need this game. We got to play the Titans anyway. You hope they're not, not going into that game with that approach. Yeah. You hope that they got a nice little run. Uh -huh. You want to be the hot team rolling in uh, for the playoffs, and it will be uh, almost, I'm not going to say momentous, but it will be almost justified that you have to go through these two teams mm -hmm. yeah. uh, who have exchanged the baton mm -hmm. year in and year out of who've won this division. So beat the Texans, beat the Titans, go in the playoffs. Don't sit around and, and, and hope this team lose or that team lose a wild card. No, you can host a game in the playoffs if you went out. Yeah, our discussion, Sirson and I had yesterday to start off the show, was that it's time to take something back. And I don't even know if this team's ever really truly had it, but just trying to take something away from those other teams that have ruled this division. Well, listen, I, listen, I remember way back when I was a little kid, about eight, nine years old, where there. I used to see bullies used to take your lunch money, mm -hmm. right? I used to always hate that. I used to, all, I said to myself, you know what? I, I don't like bullies taking it. So I became the bully beater when I was little because I nice. hated the bullies that took people. So you know what it's time for us to do, Coach, as a team, as a franchise? The Titans and the Texans have been bullies. They've been taking our lunch money for about a decade now. It's time we get our lunch money back. All right? Get your lunch money. I saw Leon's picture that he posted when <laughs> he, he was five years old. He was a bully buster. Okay. I no, but you thought you thought I was eight. <laughs> yeah. th that picture that I showed you said, "Are you eight, nine? No, Matt said that. He said, yeah, "Are you Matt, eight, Matt. nine years old?" There, I said, "No, nah, bro, I was five. I was a big old five-year-old kid." Now, Matt, Matt's on vacation. <laughs> Still laughing about that one, probably. I'll tell you this: for our talk of uh, playoffs, mm -hmm. playoffs, mm -hmm. you know, we're we're talking the possibility of playoffs. It looks like the Jaguars because they released the season ticket holder wild card reserve your spot if you want to sit in your season ticket holder seat option about 12 minutes ago mm -hmm. at noon and it looks like now there's more seats being made available in blocks and we're talking 300 bucks and that is in the lower bowl but I would expect that to only go up on the resale market it was funny yesterday when they sent that initial email out that they go ahead and let us know if you are interested in purchasing playoff tickets and text line designed by lifetime enclosures blew up don't jinx yourself don't jinx yourself it's NFL policy. You got to put it out there uh, that, that you're getting ready for the postseason. All right, now, coach, let's ask this question. Um, coming up in just a second, um, we're going to talk Jaguar football. Then we've got a, a guest, a former South Carolina Gamecock, a Hall of Famer, and Corey Miller that's going to drop by uh, and pop on with us around 12:30. Uh, but this Derek Carr thing went even deeper than him being getting benched. So we'll ask this question to you coming up about he left the facility. Now I just said Derek Carr went into a full pout. He said he didn't want to be a distraction. Uh, that makes me laugh. 
So let's get into that coming up in just a second. Matt Hayes on vacation. We got a full house, including Coach Campo hanging up, hanging out with us. Mia back, uh, and we'll have a special guest as we get ready for that Tax Layer Gator Bowl with South Carolina and Notre Dame coming up. We saved you a seat. It's lunch with Leon on 1010XL. Brought to you by Wingstop. Twenty minutes past the twelve o'clock hour on a. Thursday edition, a two-hour edition of XL Primetime. Mio, Brian, Joe C. No Matt Hayes as he is off on holiday vacay. So we got Coach Campo sitting in, of course, Leon with us. And we will have a special guest from South Carolina and the Gamecock contingent here in town for the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl joining us coming up at 1230. But we're going to stick a pin in the bowl talk, keep it with the National Football League, Joe C., because not only was Derek Carr benched yesterday, yeah. Derek Carr has taken a leave of absence with the approval of the Las Vegas Raiders. I feel like it's just a full-on pout uh, from a quarterback that is set to make $40 million, guaranteed, if he's on under contract three days after the Super Bowl. Well, apparently the Las Vegas Raiders decided they're, gonna, they're not going to get that far down the road. So they bench him yesterday, put Jarrett Stidham in the starter's role, and then he up and leaves. So, Coach... Grab that topic from there. What is going on in Las Vegas if you're a head coach? Well, first of all, it's kind of an indictment on on the organization in a way because, you know, you take a guy that's kind of been your franchise guy for mm-hmm. a while and, and uh, you know, uh, Josh McDaniel comes out and says he was very good about the, about the change Diplomatic. and what we we're doing, yeah. and then all of a sudden the guy leaves a building. I think you can look at it a couple ways. Number one – there probably are quite a few guys on the team that are upset because you know they're looking at a they're looking at a quarterback that's supposed to be one of the top I don't know maybe twelve or thirteen quarterbacks in the league. Mm-hmm. You know they want to win, and now all of a sudden Stidham is a quarterback. So maybe it is a little bit of a distraction. But I I'm like you. I, I think it didn't go well, and he just said I better get out of here before you know. I do become a definite distraction. So locker room, Leon. Yeah, I mean, but why is the quarterback get uh, he, he? The quarterback is the only position where a, a guy can get something like this. Now I remember Keyshawn. They they paid Keyshawn the league because of being a distraction. But this mess you made, this this junk pile of losses, that's on your watch. <laughs> that, why, why do you get to leave and go home and enjoy your two weeks vacation based upon the fact that all this junk that we had these yeah. th- these pile up of ales. You were you were the major contributor to it. Why do you get to go home and and, and get a paid vacation for it's the next two weeks? It's amazing to me. He's leading the league in picks. That make any sense to me? Well, so and I, and I would. I'm sorry. sorry. Oh no, no, go ahead, go. You and, and, if, and if I was him, I mean, he had to ask for that because the organization they, they want you to be a part of the team. They want you to finish the season. The way they made it sound, it was very mutual. It was very like know, yeah, the it, team wanted him gone as well. Right. They're paying him to leave. Which is yeah, why, right, which is why I don't know. Leon, I mean, it's over, right? Like <laughs> Las Vegas is in the market for a quarterback. Yeah. There's no way this can be rec- like rectified at this point. They owe him too yeah, much if, money. Listen, he's getting cut. Well, well, listen, I, he's going to get cut. But uh, listen, it's a sinking ship. He got to ride with it. Why mm-hmm. everybody else got to float float in the sinking ship and he get to jump bait? Yeah, that's the part that would I don't take like me that. off. It's a bad look. And it is I do look. think what Mia's saying is true is that it's it's over. But now, what does Las Vegas do? They're looking around, going, "Okay, what's in the draft?" I don't know that uh, a C.J. Stroud, a Bryce Young. Uh, we can go on and on with the quarterbacks that all are going to jump off the page and say we got to have them. They're going to have to go the veteran route. And what does that say about the rest of your team? The rest of your team has to play the last two games. And yeah. 
what if, what if they want what if one of the guys get injured? Why is he get why is he exempt? Mm-hmm. Why is he exempt from injury for the yeah, next two probably weeks? probably a few other guys. Yeah, that I mean, come on. The no, no, listen, there's a couple other guys that are probably on the team right now, free agents, that got to play out the rest of the season. They're like, I already got my U-Haul packed. You know, I'm ready to go. Hey, hey, listen, when I used to play in the league, I used to get those phone calls. Yeah. It probably would have came from, LA, from the Raiders, too. Yeah. It's a big surf. I said, what's up, Doc? Bro, I don't know. I'm going to mail it in, bro. I'm just trying to stay healthy for free agent next year. Hey, hey. I, I've never wanted to be in that kind of position. Right. But I used to get phone calls like that. Yeah. Guys like, hey, man, I'm just trying to stay healthy. So I, I, I do want to note, though, next year. So Derek Carr's cap number is $34.875 million. Mm-hmm. The dead cap number, though, is only $5.6 so million. Dollars. And they don't owe him anything. They do not owe him anything. They take a cap hit. They get three days after the Super Bowl, $40 million is guaranteed. That's 30-some on the 2023 line and then whatever's left over on the 24 line. But they are that's just not going to go down. And, look, we've seen a lot of these, quote, $100 million deals that have gone down with quarterbacks, and they just don't all see the end of it. Tannehill's probably seeing the end of his days in, in, in Tennessee, exact same type of scenario, and he got paid. That guy's been paid a couple of times, big, big contract. So my next question is, Devontae Adams comes to Las Vegas to reunite with his college quarterback in Derek Carr. He has voiced his displeasure in the past 24 hours. What happens to Devontae? He, he, goes, he goes where the money is. You know, he's, he's, he's going to be a, a free agent, and he's going to go wherever somebody pays him. And that's, that's the next – Ooh. He's not stuck like Chuck, is he? No, I mean, I mean he, he's under he just, contract. He's under contract. Yeah. I mean, I mean, listen, I know you, I know you say, well, are you going, who's going to take that contract? Somebody will take that contract. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Well, see I, this number. It's it's a five year, hundred and forty million dollar contract. Mm. Five year, hundred and forty million dollar contract that included nearly twenty mil in the signing bonus. Sixty five, call it sixty six, is guaranteed. The average annual is twenty eight million. He's definitely got some tread left on those tires, but that is a lot of cash uh, yeah, that someone's going to have to grab. It's a lot of cash, but you know, you look at the Los Angeles Rams, what they've done over the you oh, know yeah. the last year on bringing in guys that they think can bring them over the top. He's a guy that can bring you over the top. So mm-hmm. if you're close, yeah, you know, money is. So money. you think somebody's going to trade for him? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because then, of course, there's also the notion of will the Raiders be in the market in reuniting Josh McDaniels? And Tom Brady, and is that mm. Brady's next landing spot? Mm. Is it a fact? Is it that they're not going to draft a rookie quarterback, and instead they'll go the route of let me get a quarterback that takes us over the top? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different ways they can go. I, I, I don't know that they think that they're close enough that a veteran quarterback is going to make the difference. Mm. I think they might be in the mode of let's look at Stidham and then you know, try to take one that gives us a chance going forward. But, Leon, think about it, okay? They went and they laid out a big, big contract for a wide receiver to try and make their quarterback better. Same thing happened in, in Philadelphia when they made the trade for A.J. Brown to make Jalen Hurst better. And then you just take a look at these these coaches. Josh McDaniels like, I, I just barely got into this situation, and now I don't have a play caller with me. Add to that, Denver. Denver's got – now i got a play caller that someone's got to fix. We don't have a head coach. It's getting a little crazy out there. Oh, well, listen, Josh is just – he's just happy to be having a job, to be quite honest with you, mm-hmm. because he was on the hot seat as well. Now he's going – he might end up losing 
not only the starting quarterback, but the starting receiver. Mm-hmm. He's got to start from scratch with a rookie in, in, in the rebuild. I think he was under, under the impression with Derek Carr and Devontae Adams. Everybody thought that all these moves that were being made in the AFC West, that there was going to be an arms race. Yeah. We thought it was going to be the most talented uh, uh, conference, mm-hmm. and yeah, we're going to beat up on each other. And about three guys – it, it come to be. I, it was. It was the Chiefs. Yeah. Yeah, it was always, the Chiefs. It was always the Chiefs. Always the Chiefs. You had you had Michael Jackson and a bunch of Tito's. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah. And, and, and at the very least, the the two that you expected to be in the postseason, the Chargers are getting there for the first time in a while, but they are there. And then obviously you have the Kansas. City well, the Chargers aren't Tito. They, they're, yeah. they're more like Marlon. But go ahead. They are true, they, and they just barely are getting to the party. Just barely, based on what they've done. Too. Let's wrap with this then. Where is Derek Carr playing? in 2023 because the funny part is is when I was up in New York last week the mere notion of trading or somehow signing a released Derek Carr and this was prior to him being benched was poo-pooed by Jets fans much like the way that they poo-pooed and this is as I'm listening to sports talk radio throughout the last you know week when I was up back in New York New Jersey the thought of Jimmy Garoppolo because to your point coach Campo those fans and yes they're disillusioned and that's why they call them fans because they're fanatical they think that, similar to the Broncos one year ago, who thought that Aaron Rodgers was going to come to Denver, and they ended up getting Russell while. Wilson, which wasn't an awful consolation prize at the time, they think Aaron Rodgers or Lamar are going to go to New York. Well, that's going to be a tough sell, but uh, there's no question Zach Wilson is probably done there. So mm-hmm. they've got to do something. And uh, obviously, the, the one thing about New York, it's a big market. And, you know, there are some guys that would benefit by being in that market. And they probably have some money to go get somebody. So it's not out of – it's not far-fetched, but I think it would be a little uh, tough for a guy to go in there uh, knowing that uh, it's ju- they're just on the rise. They're not there yet. Right. This has culture so, written all over it. Bro, I, was, I was just <laughs> – JJ, hey, great minds think alike. I was just thinking the, the wasteland for all washed-up quarterbacks. Like they go to the Colts. Yes, they go to the Colts. Yeah. Derek yeah. Carr will be a Colt. Yeah, probably. <laughs> and it's so funny because this guy, honestly, if you go back throughout his career – He's either outperformed his contract or underperformed now that he's getting paid. But he has been a starter from the time he walked into the National Football League. And I'll take you all all the way back to the Senior Bowl when Gus Bradley and company had a chance to scout him. Had a ch- They were coaching that entire week, and they decided to go Blake Bortles instead of Derek Carr. They went uh, basically quarterback rush end in the, in the wrong direction whereas that team went out there and got Khalil Mack back then and, and Derek Carr. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a minute. He started his entire professional career. We'll find out what happens next. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. According to the Draft Network as well as MusicCityMiracles.com, on tonight's Thursday night football game, the Tennessee Titans are expected to start quarterback Josh Dobbs, the former Jaguars and Tennessee Volunteers legend, not the rookie Malik Willis, mm. starting against the Cowboys. Tonight. There's all sorts of things cooking in the quarterback world around there. I'm oh much more scared of him than Malik Willis. Yeah. And Josh Dobbs, at the very least, has proven at times that he could run an offense. Malik Willis had, what, 99 yards in the air and a couple picks the other day. Wow. Think, things are rapidly changing in the quarterback world. All right. One thing we know is that as many quarterback changes that are taking place in the National Football League, there are about that many Gamecock fans that are on the First Coast, okay? We're talking 40,000. So let's say hello to a Gamecock Hall of Famer coming up. Corey Miller will join us next right here on XL Primetime. 
we saved you a seat. It's Lunch with Leon on 1010XL. Brought to you by Wingstop. Gamecock fight song. Yeah, we expect to hear that at the bank tomorrow afternoon as they kick it off. You'll be able to hear the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl right here on the Superstation 1010XL tomorrow afternoon. It's a pleasure to say hello to a Gamecock Hall of Famer. Corey Miller joins us now. Welcome, Corey. How are you, bud? Man, I am doing great. Great to be back here in Jacksonville, hanging out with my boys, my people. You know, when we heard about the Gator Bowl, I'm like, it's right at home. I come here all the time and play yeah. golf with Sealy and Jim mm-hmm. Furyk and and a lot of great events here. So I'm, I'm glad to be back See, in town. I, I love that because if you got Brother Sealy entertaining you, as oh, yeah. kind of your guide, your tour guide, then yeah, you're, you're, in, you're in good hands. <laughs> you're in good hands. Always. So you spend a lot of time on the First Coast. I do. Uh, I come. Of course, to a Seagulls event with Bill Murray, mm-hmm. uh, Ferrick and Friends, Constellation. Uh, been knowing those guys, I think, now 12 years. And we all met in Columbia, uh, Myrtle Beach, I should say, uh-huh. uh, at the uh, Monday After the Masters, uh-huh. Hooting the Blowfish event. And so, of course. you know, we go way back, man. So I got a lot of roots here in Jacksonville. Love That's it. Awesome. Love it. Favorite course you've played in Jacksonville? TPC. You know, I, I like those sawgrass, of course. I really do. I think it's fun. It's difficult. Of course, every course is challenging for me. Not that good, but, you know, give me a couple cigars and, you know, a good time. I'm, I'm all right. <laughs> there it is. That's all I need to hear right there. <laughs> Bro- Brothers of the Leaf. Amen. Uh, Amen. And I hear South Carolina's contingent is actually staying at Sawgrass, so let's mm-hmm. let's get right to it. Obviously, the Gamecocks are playing in the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl after what was a remarkable second half of the season. We've talked so much this week about the Jaguars' remarkable second half of the season, but walk us through what it's been like as a South Carolina Gamecock the last eight, nine weeks. It's been a lot of fun. Of course, uh, you know, South Carolina, well, Shane Beamer has come in and, and really inserted a lot of energy. You know, this is a program that had its ups, ups and downs uh, the last few years, but he kind of stabilized, you know, changed the culture, got folks to buy into what he's doing. The recruiting has been better. And then you go back to end the season, you know, with two basically top ten wins. Uh, Tennessee, who everybody thought was going to be a this bona fide, you know, playoff football team. And we put a 60-burger on them. I mean, at home, at Williams-Brice Stadium, Sandstorm, we're going crazy. And then you go, hey, you know, you got your in-state rival game coming up, you know, in Clemson. They have won seven in a row. There's no way. You know, you always hear the saying, right, there's got to be a letdown. You had this big win, and there's going to be a letdown. So we go up to that little town called Clemson, South Carolina, uh, in Death Valley, and just stole their heart. You know what I mean? You know, Trevor Lawrence, if you listen, you know what I'm talking about. So, I mean, <laughs> we went out there, and we snatched the heart out of those folks. So now you got two – Top 10 wins. And you really, South Carolina had more to do with the playoffs than anybody. Think about Tennessee and Clemson now out because of the Gamecocks. So, you know, we are, um, our emotions and our excitement, optimism is at an all-time high. And uh, now we've got another giant, so to speak, to take on. Corey, you got me fired up. <laughs> <laughs> that, that little conversation Absolutely. right there. <laughs> Absolutely. To piggyback off of what you were just talking about, everybody talks about changing the culture. You change mm-hmm. the culture of your team, whatever. What is it about Beamer Ball that has changed the culture that you've seen before him and that you see now at South Carolina? Well, I think, you know, one thing he says all the time is find some joy. I mean, find joy even in the difficult situations, even when it looks like it's not pretty. You know, that that really consistent mindset of we're going to get this thing turned around of winning. Mm-hmm. I can tell you after playing there, uh, sometimes the fan base was a little fragile because, you know, you have two steps forward, you take one step back. And I think he stabilized that, that, hey, we can do – what, what everybody else is doing in college football here in South Carolina. You talk about the facilities. You talk about all the different things that, that they have to the exposure. Uh, we can win big. I mean, SEC is difficult. We know it's hard to win. I mean, recruiting is tough. You're battling. But 
he has got people to believe, and I think that's been a major problem. That's the culture change, that believe that we can be good, believe that we can win these big games like Tennessee, like going up to Clemson. And, and he's proven that last year in the bowl game uh, in Charlotte, beating North Carolina to get that seventh win. So you think about what he has accomplished in two years, Beamer ball, special teams, you know, blocking kicks, mm-hmm. great punting inside the five, you know, something like – you think about Virginia Tech. They didn't always have the best talent. But, man, their work ethic, the special teams with Frank Beamer, they did things the right way, and I think you see in that blueprint here at South Carolina. We're talking with the Gamecock star, Corey Miller, and, and, and I have to admit, Corey, that you know I, I, I was a bit of a doubter because I thought on name alone he was mm-hmm. getting that gig, and I love Frank Beamer and have a great deal of respect for him. But, but the recruiting, the enthusiasm, the believability, that all is now starting to show with Shane, mm-hmm. and, and that, that – that night game against Tennessee, I bet it made tenfold believers. Uh, you know, all the doubters like me out there, mm-hmm. I bet it was tenfold, a hundredfold after that game. Well, you know, they've been struggling offensively. You know, uh, you know, we brought in Spencer Rattler from Oklahoma. Here's a guy that that uh, a couple years ago just was the front runner of, for the Heisman Trophy. He gets benched uh, to Caleb Williams a guy who just won the Heisman Trophy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but South Carolina, you go, we finally got a quarterback. I mean, it's like any ball guy. You guys play a lot of football. You coach a lot of football. You got to have a trigger man. You know, you're Jacksonville, you finally got a trigger man that mm-hmm. can can throw it. It changes everything. So, he, Spencer Rattler, comes to South Carolina, and then they struggle offensively. We're not scoring points. There's, you know, so fans now are wavering. But, man, he finally got it. Let him play. Let him throw the ball over the yard. Quick passing game. If the offensive line is struggling, you know, what do you do? Get the ball out the quarterback hand. Don't ask him to do too much. And that, that's the thing that Spencer was doing, but they simplified things, so to speak. I'm not going to use that, that phrase, dumb it down, but that's really what it is. And but he let's threw, play. He threw more touchdowns that night than in all the other yeah. SEC games combined. Yeah. I mean, uh, it, it was crazy. Like, who is this guy? Who is this team? <laughs> but we're sitting there, man. It doesn't matter. I like what I'm seeing. And, and so – uh, it's really good, man. And South Carolina's a special place, the best fan base. I know we hear it all the time. It sounds cliche, but that's really the best fan base in all of college football because they suffer through a lot of tough seasons. They, they're there, and now they're winning. I mean, you said, man, we coming to Jacksonville, baby. We coming here for a purpose. We coming here to take the heart of somebody else, the fighting Irish. Yeah, we, we coming to get you. Uh, we go at now, 19, Leon, they remember 1984. Yeah. You're cool with him uh, if they can Oh, and listen, up, anybody that, that hates Notre Dame, uh, a friend of my enemy is the enemy of my friend. <laughs> all right? Okay. All day long. All day long. I love it. And Spencer Rattler is going to start tomorrow's Tax Slayer Gator Bowl, yeah. 3.30 at TIA Bank Field. So let, let's get into this matchup a little bit, Corey. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, obviously Notre Dame still mm-hmm. trying to figure out who will be their quarterback, not just tomorrow, but moving forward. And so I would think as much as the Fighting Irish right now are a three-point favorite, according to my bookie, when it comes to the offensive side of the ball, I would think South Carolina has to be a little more confident in their personnel because I think, correct me if I'm wrong, almost everybody is playing outside of Cam Smith's not going to play, and then obviously Jaheim Bellu transferred. Right. So other than that, I mean, everybody it sounds like is playing. Well, they got some injuries at wide receiver. So, I mean, but you got the best guy in Juice Wells who was big in those two games, Tennessee and at Clemson. Uh, he was a transfer guy last year. You got Spencer, Spencer Rattler playing running backs. Uh, the guy CBS, we got Juju McDowell who's played a lot of snaps. They're there. We only got one tight end, Atkins, who was big in the Clemson game. The other three uh, tight ends transferred out. So you got to get creative. Uh, you know, you can still run some of the same plays, even though with different personnel. You know, may not see a tight end wire or you per se, but you may stick somebody else in that position and run the same plays. But yeah, I think they're going to be good offensively. 
Um, the left tackle, uh, uh, Wynum, uh, uh, Wynum, I think that's his name, he, he opted out to get ready for the draft. Uh, don't get me started on that one. <laughs> yeah. You and Coach Campo both made some We're going to have a whole there. other segment on that <laughs> one. Now, I'm getting ready. How, how, I mean, get ready for the draft. How about playing in the game? Yeah. I mean, what better Improve way? Improve your Great stock. Yeah. Play. How, about, how about showing that uh, you can play in a big ball game? In, in a big ball game against a, a really good opponent. But anyway, so I think they're going to be fine offensively. I'm just concerned defensively, two corners out. Uh, we got two freshman safeties who have played great football for us all season long. Uh, you lose Zach Pickens, who one of our better defensive linemen. He he's uh, getting ready for the draft too. Um, so, but we got some good young players, and they'll have opportunity to get in there and and, and make some plays. And you know, we'll see what happens. Now, Corey, what, now what is the future of South Carolina football? When in your time time frame do you think that they'll be able to knock the? They had a couple of nice wins towards the end. Of, mm-hmm. You know, you're beating Tennessee and. When do you think that this program will be able to compete with the Alabamas and Georgias of the world? Well, I mean, I think you're close. Uh, you know, if we buy into the recruiting, you know, the star rankings and all that stuff, I mean, I'm not so much sold on that. I'm about taking a three-star and making a five-star. That means you develop that talent. Amen. But you got to have Jimmys and Joes. But I think we're close. Uh, you know, we've beaten Georgia before mm. in recent years. Mm-hmm. We beat them at their place. I was over in uh, London with Hootie and the Blowfish, Darius Rucker, and we were watching that game. They wouldn't even take the stage, man, and we knocked Georgia out. That was only like three years ago. So we can beat one of the best teams in the country at their place in Athens. So that's been proven, but can you do it on a consistent basis? Because you can beat Georgia. We've shown that we can beat the Floridas. We've done that. Um, you know, Kentucky, we, we did that this year. So we're close. We beat A&M, which we haven't done ever until this year. So we're very close. In 2010, we beat Alabama in Columbia when they were the number one team in the country, and they, they got a piece of that game cock of Woe Joe down there. So, um, yeah, mm. we're, we're close. Now, Corey, let me ask you a question. I'm going to take you back, way back, take way back. back, all right? You came in South Carolina, what, 19, what, 87? I went, I went in 87, graduated in 90, yeah. Okay, all right. There was a particular game in 1987 oh, when I was a freshman. Here University of Miami versus South Carolina. It was going. a night game. I know there going. was a bench-clearing uh, brawl yeah, Michael Irvin during the game. Too, All right. I just want to know where were you <laughs> at this bench-clearing you know, brawl. You know, you and know. did you throw a blow is the question I like no, to ask. No, no, I didn't throw a blow. Yeah, but throw a blow. See, what you guys were doing is late. Oh, we guys. Here like, we go. You know, we guys were doing it. We didn't play dirty. We didn't play dirty. This is what happened. How it started, Daniel Stuggs took your quarterback. And slammed him. He t- he laid, laid him, him on the ground. Oh, <laughs> laid him on the ground. He laid yeah. him on the ground. Yeah, see, and then y'all got upset, and then y'all came at us. We the victims. We're the victims. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Hey, you know what you're forgetting, though, Leon? What you're forgetting is they damn near beat us. They yeah. did. That ball game and kept us Twenty to, to sixteen. The absolutely, absolutely. That's absolutely. why y'all started the old foolishness of fighting, and we lost our, you know, our focus. And so, focus, so you right. played that little fight game. You know what I mean? So now we're concerned Listen, about fighting instead of winning. We were innocent bystanders. I don't know why y'all wanted to jump on us. Yeah, you know, but you were the you back in the eighties. Y'all know. had this thing, man. We were just little old South Carolina country boys. You know, y'all the the you city boys. I mean, come on, South Beach. Come on, bro. So we had to make a statement. They did almost beat us. What's his name? It. What's his name? Uh, Sterling Sharp was Sharp. on that. Sharp was Sharp on that team. Was Sharp. Oh, he was. Oh, absolutely. We had some good players on. Oh, a lot yeah. of NFL guys on our team. That back guy. Then. That guy. Like I think of certain college receivers from maybe not the top top programs. Larry Fitzgerald jumps to mind coming out of Pittsburgh. 
Obviously, Sterling Sharp coming out of South Carolina. They were great. Now, I know if you're a Hall of Famer in South Carolina, you got to have a Spurrier. you got to have an Orr story. You mentioned the win in, in 2010 over Alabama. Well, what did you think of the impact on the program from SOS? Uh, Steve Spurrier? Mm-hmm. Oh, it was amazing. Uh, you know, he came and uh, really, again, Hall of Fame coach, brought some credibility to our school, won at a very high level. Um, you know, but you go back to those years when he was successful, he got the best players in our state. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about these guys in our state when he was there. Davion Clowney, yeah. yep. number one overall recruit. Stephon Gilmore, still playing defensive player of the year, the National Football League. Devontae Holliver, Marcus Lattimore. Lattimore. Yeah. So we had some some dudes, man, that could ball in our state. And then he brought some guys in. And he made, you know, they love Spurrier there. I mean, because that was one of the best five years of the program history. I mean, we went, what, finishing top ten two or three years. Yeah. Uh, we just couldn't. It was just that one game. Like, we lost to Auburn when we shouldn't have lost to Auburn. We lost to Kentucky when we shouldn't lost to Kentucky. We, we, we went 2010 to, um, to play for the SEC championship, and that's where Cam Newton mm-hmm. was playing, yeah. <laughs> who led us up. That was an embarrassing game, but he, he led us up. And, but they've been close, but Spurrier's a Spurrier, man. He, he came in, and you know, it was always great in the press conference. I was doing some TV and radio while those years it was fun to cover because we were winning, and we, we dominated Clemson. That's the main thing, Trevor Lawrence. We dominated Clemson. <laughs> you notice I keep saying Trevor. Yeah, no we, Travis Etienne. It's no, all about yeah. It was, like, it was yeah, Trevor you know, that was your thorn in your side. Yeah, he was thrown in my side twice. The Gamecocks and then my son who played at Alabama – uh, right. Those uh, four years in a row, they they went at it in the national championship, and he came in as a freshman and beat us. And I didn't, I've never liked him since. I'm like, man, you, he's a we, we don't supposed to lose to that guy. <laughs> you know? All yeah. right, listen, man, uh, you're not a stranger to this town, but uh, welcome back. And then obviously all the Gamecocks that are out there, uh, tell them real quick, uh, you know, good spots how to enjoy Jacksonville if they are listening to us coming into town. Man, it's just, uh, you know, because I love downtown Jackson, I love Jack Beach. I, I love Ponte Vida. That's where the team is over at the Marriott over there. There's a little place because I, I smoke cigars called Island Girls. Uh-huh. And they got some good smokes. If you smoke a cigar and yeah. you need a little bourbon, that's the place to go hang out. So, you I need know, to he, hook him up. They, they, they got my cigars in there. Howard G Cigars. Doc. That's yours? Howard, those are my Howard G's. Can you hook a brother up dot com? Huh? And, and hook, come, I'm, I'm taking I'm, my I'm, website. Hook a hook brother, a brother up. Dot com. <laughs> it's, And it's the all pro series. I can make that happen. It's yeah, all yeah. pro series. Yeah, but we do have something tonight for Gamecock fans. Patrick Davis, who's a big Gamecock singer, songwriter in Nashville. Edwin McCain, uh, both went to South Carolina as a concert. Silly knows the name of the, the theater downtown. Uh, yeah. Florida yeah. Theater. Florida, Florida, Florida Theater. Florida Theater, beautiful uh, place. They're going to be singing, storytelling, nice. playing some. Used to guitar, you know. I might get up there and sing. I'll be your crying shoulder. I would love that. He is right up by Al. Right there. Come on out. We're going to show you some Gamecock love. Okay. All right. That is awesome. I love it. Hey, thanks, Corey. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate Appreciate it very much. That is awesome. He's definitely been hanging around with uh, Darius Rucker. You can tell. He's got the pipes. Yeah. And if they run in this circle, then they're having fun. I can pretty much guarantee you that. (laughs) That is awesome. All right, Brother Seeley. Thank you, Corey Miller. Thank you uh, for hanging out with us as we get ready for the Gamecocks. And the Fighting Irish. That's tomorrow. Kick 3.30. You'll be able to hear it right here on the Superstation. We saved you a seat. It's Lunch with Leon on 1010XL. Brought to you by Wingstop. I do love it. Heading down south. Just kind of puts you in a nice, peaceful, easy spot. Might be on the front porch. Who knows? That's a little Darius Rucker. There is a drinking game that does take place on Broadway. Uh, every time you hear a wagon wheel from somebody else, 
you got to take a, you got to take a shot or you got to take a chug. I was just going to say, let's do a quick straw poll of the five of us here at 1010XL headquarters. Uh, do you call him Darius Rucker or do you call him Hootie and the Blowfish? Well, forever. I call him Hootie. Yeah, yeah, forever he was Hootie. He's and then obviously. He's Hootie? He is, he well, is I'm, Darius. I'm Darius. Darius yeah. Rucker. My, you know, my son loves him so much that uh, I was at a charity function, met him, and mm-hmm. he signed his guitar, sent it to me. So I have a Darius wow. Rucker autographed guitar. Cool. Let me tell you something. He is one talented cat. And he is. We, we saw him way back when in the Super Bowl uh, year when it came here. Yep. It was one of the coldest nights ever. And they, for us, I mean, look how soft we are right now with this last little bit of winter that came through. Anyway, uh, TPC Sawgrass hosted the media party, and they set up inside the tent and put on a great show and then saw him down at the Florida Theater because Corey was just talking about the Florida Theater with the little Gamecock jam that they're going to have tonight, and he put on a great show. And Look, I, I always loved that music, but I'm happy that he's a, he's his own artist now. Yeah, right. Know? Right, but and he will, loves the Gamecocks. Man. He yeah. loves the Gamecocks. Oh, yeah. I love the video from when they went to the Final Four back in what was that, 2017. He's like sobbing on the oh, court. Yeah. He's awesome, awesome it, it, dude. It, like Leon, Leon is you cut him to the bone. He's Miami more than you are anything else, correct? Yeah. And and it's yeah. and that's what's cool when you see these fans that are is invested emotionally that far removed. Darius can go anywhere and do anything. But Corey just told the story. They're over there across the pond in London. Watching that game. And, oh, and I love and orange and blue to the death. The great thing about it is I think, <laughs> really, to be honest with you, I think that's the biggest difference between the pros and college. Yeah. When you're invested in a college, it's so regional and you're so into it. You know, I, I still look back. My favorite job of all time mm-hmm. is the University of Miami. That's awesome. And I'll, I'll yeah. say that. And you were uh, the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, yeah, America's I mean, team. Uh, Miami is will always – I'm C for life. Canes for life. I love that. All right, but let's take this one small topic that we just had about this transfer portal. We're losing some of that, aren't we? Yeah, you know, I, yeah. I mean, it's turned into pro football, I think. Don't you think, Leon? I mean, it, it's like a, a, you know, a free agency uh, personified with agents and everything else. Yeah, I mean, for a traditionalist, it's, that's over. I mean, I'm I'm a bit of a traditional. We, we was talking about the kid taking the the bowl game off so he can get prepared for the for the draft. You know, now Leon maybe about two years ago been like, man, what are you doing? You know, show your talent, be there for your teammates, with everything. But now, now that I'm looking at it more professionally and this all this money at stake, I'm saying these kids, eh, you know, you you got a brand, you got money, you don't want to get hurt, all that kind of, all those, all those, uh, you had to put all those in play now. When you talk about these kids, so I, I can't blame them if they they opt out of these bowls to, to try to get themselves ready for the draft because trying to increase their draft stock. I don't like it, but I understand it. I really yeah. do, and well, I know it's not going away. And we're talking about kids that either are in the bowl game to up their stock, having already announced they're going to another school. I mean, there's just stuff that just – all right, so he, here's what's killing me more than anything else, and J.J. can appreciate this more than anybody else in the room. This is affected gambling. Okay, this is affected so gambling. True. Uh, Sam Pittman said after the game last night, Kansas and Arkansas, which was an unbelievably entertaining game, they were beating that Jayhawk behind for I don't even know how long. It was it was hog on Jayhawk crime, 
or two and a half, three quarters. They were up 38 13. They were up by 25. I walked past it in the airport and I said, oh, well, I'm not going to turn that game on my computer. No need to watch that. I went back and forth and started watching Florida Auburn. Which was a great game, by the way. Very good game. And so, anyway, they come back and, and they end up winning that game. And then you're saying afterwards, and I didn't even actually catch this because I heard the interview from Sam Pittman afterwards. But how many guys weren't available for him? Uh, I believe it was he had 34 scholarship players that last dressed. night. And that's an Arkansas team that, yes, didn't have the successful season that I they mean, wanted to have. But they still that. play in the SEC. They had a, what, nine-win season a year ago? Yeah, they were they six have a, a six, quarterback, yeah. K.J. Jefferson, who right now sounds like he is going to come back. Yeah, that's, what he's, that's what he's saying right now. He And he balled, by the way. I just That's the only thing I'm not crazy about, Leon, that I, I, well, I understand, <clears throat> but I don't. Well, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be definitely difficult for the coaching staff because you know you, you can't assess how many players you're going to have in the game at any particular time because a lot of these kids are going into the portal. Something you it's never going to, it's going to fluctuate. But you're just going to have to deal with it. I know you're just going to have to deal with it until they come up with something comparable mm-hmm. to to where everybody can be, can be associated with. You're going to find yourself in a situation where you're in a bowl game, like the Liberty Bowl, and got 34 players. How about what Corey just said? They they had four tight ends, and they have one for the bowl game at South Carolina because yep. three mm-hmm. of them transferred out. Yep, one of them to Florida State. And now he's not going to play in Florida State's bowl game coming up a little bit later today down in Orlando, but he'll play for them next year. Yeah, because he's not ready. I mean, you know, that's crazy. And it's insane, too, because then even you consider, like, and I didn't even, we didn't even ask Corey this, which our thanks again to him for stopping by. It was an awesome segment, and I know everyone on the text line said, one of our best segments of the year. Really appreciate that compliment. Um, we had to wait until the 30th yeah, or the I know. 29th before 29th, we had one. But that's Thank all right. We needed to get some Gamecock love, and then they came for us. Um, but the interesting thing for me is you have a kid like Grayson Howard out of Andrew Jackson High School here in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. He left to go up to start practicing. Because he graduated high school early, so he went up last, yeah, it would have been last Monday, he went up to start practicing with Shane Beamer's Gamecocks. Obviously, the kid's not going to be ready for the bowl game, but it does beg the question of if you're in the situation like Arkansas and you do have those five or six true freshmen just arrived on campus kids, I mean, do you have to turn to them? Because lest we forget, and I know Matt Hayes says it all the time, how many scholarship players did Brian Kelly have when he arrived in Baton Rouge? Less than 40. Uh, is what he was dealing with, and he and he hit the portal. And look, the portal is a is a great way for a player to kind of rescue their college career if it's not going the way that they want it to go. It's a great, great opportunity for them. But the numbers suggest that let's just say for every hundred that enter the portal, there's only fifty or maybe even less than fifty spots out there for them at that at that particular moment which makes it doubly tough to, to, to find another spot to play, Leon, if you do choose that you're not making it in one spot. And you say, you know what, I'm, a, I'm up and out of here, and, and well, I'm going to find another place to play, and then there's not another place. Well, listen, I understand the portal, especially if you're in a smaller school, uh, and you, you're going to go to a bigger school to get more exposure, especially mm-hmm. if you've got a couple of years left, you know, eligibility. You, you go If you're playing for Marshall and you go to a Clemson, I can understand that move, especially if you got eligibility. You want to get more exposure at the mm-hmm. Clemson than you would a Marshall and, and so forth. So okay, well, what about if you're at Florida and you go to Alabama? Mm. Like that's yeah. the next. Becomes, like, yeah, people well, are doing that. Yeah, you know? they're they're doing that as it's well. It's not just guys from little schools. It's it's well, it's heck. like North Carolina's Drake May. Almost apparently there was million dollar offers or whatever the heck it was yeah. to go to other schools like. This guy, Sam Hartman, he's going to Notre Dame. Like, it's not just guys from Marshall. It's just 
if Devin, you're good, you're going to go to a better school. Yeah, Devin Leary leaves the Wolfpack well, to go to the program. Well, that's free agency. Yeah, it, it is. It really is. no contracts. For right. That's free agency. I mean, in, in free agency, good teams, players go from good teams to good teams, but, great teams uh, to great and, teams. And, and that's I'm not what, even. I'm not even saying. And they get is, paid. I'm not even saying this is bad for the player because once they do get once they do get that stipend, which I know is right around the corner. Nothing's right around the corner in college. I shouldn't say that. But anyway, whenever they do get the stipend, there are going to be some rules from that school that says you, if you take this and you leave, you have to pay it back or something. I don't know what it's going to be. You know, like a contract. Yeah. Yeah. That's the problem with this. Like, yeah, NFL free agency, it's free agency, but they sign a contract, then they have to be on that team for a certain amount of time. Well, am I this wrong? This is like uh, the complete opposite. Am this am is I the players this, do whatever uh, they want. Uh, am I wrong in this? I don't know, but. Uh, isn't this kind of, can you, you can go uh, declare yeah. and then come back, correct, if things don't go well? I think no. you can do whatever you, you can't want. Do, no, yeah. not you in might. football. NBA you yeah. can. You I might. was going to oh, say it was like the, the NBA, yeah. but I, oh, so you can't do that. No, well, only, only the NBA can you I thought, say. Yeah. I thought if you, didn't, if you didn't sign for an agent, with an agent. That's would, quite possible. I don't believe, I need to I find thought I saw somebody that did that. That's why I asked the question. said he was coming back. And now he decided he is he going is into the back. draft. Yeah. Okay, but you can so be a player. Yeah, didn't sign. But if you don't, agent. if you don't sign with an agent, you're right. good. Yeah. If you okay. just verbally say I'm going right. to the draft, yeah. and then you say, oh, just kidding, never mind. But then the yeah. other thing with the portal part of this, if you let's just say Drake May as an example, North Carolina would welcome him back in a heartbeat. Right. But if he went into the transfer portal, I don't know how easy it is to come back. No, in other words, you've given up yeah. that opportunity. I think that's it's pretty damn easy. That's pretty yeah. easy. For him, it would be. <laughs> I, 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 like, for any of them. It's just like, that's what he did, didn't yeah, he? Like, be, he sort of was in the portal without being in the portal, said and got offers from different places. I'm sure North Carolina came back with a counteroffer. Yeah. He decided to stay. Right, and that's, that's, that's the sham part of it. He didn't have to, quote, officially enter the transfer portal. He just let it be known yeah, that he was exactly. thinking about he was it. Going. By the way, anyone, anyone thinking about who may be a Heisman frontrunner next year by the end of it, Drake May, that guy is unreal. Yeah. Unreal. Speaking of transfer portals, but uh, in a different sort of light. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren, affectionately known at, on this program as the Wolf in Sheep's Cloth, mm-hmm. has emerged as a top candidate to be the next president, CEO, of the Chicago Bears. He interviewed in person for the job. He is considered among the finalists. The process is expected to wrap up in the upcoming weeks, which I got to read it, Joe. It it led Matt Hayes to uh, just really go off. Matt Hayes is on vacation this week, but, folks, he never stops working for you good folks over on the Twitter machine. Uh, Here is Matt's tweet. It's the final fitting move. Scuttling, and now he has his list of things that Kevin Warren did Mm. to the Big Ten. Scuttling Power 5 non-conference games in 2020. Canceling the season before, quote, return to play. Changing the Big Ten COVID rules to ensure Ohio State got into the Big Ten championship game. Pushing, quote, spring football. The Alliance stabbing the Pac-12 in the back and a $1.5 billion annual media rights deal. Yeah, it's uh, And now he's going to go seek refuge across the way. Sounds like a good politician to me. It is interesting that he was going to jump from uh, he's running a conference to running a professional franchise, and if I'm the Chicago Bears, I don't know. I might want to look for a guy that is a little more in tune with what's going on in the National Football League. All right, so before we give away a pair of Gator basketball tickets, J.J.'s got all the details. They played hard last night. Still don't have enough scores. Still don't have enough inside presence. 
but in the end, they were toe to toe with the top twenty team. Possessions mattered on the road. In that, yeah, on the road, and it was a hostile house. Uh, I think it was Jimmy Dykes was doing the uh, color, yep. and he said it was unreal how loud it was. But to go toe to toe with Bruce Pearl's bunch, they didn't necessarily, uh, you know, scoring wise, have their best night either. But they just they're slowly figuring out how they're going to get a few more scores. Alex Fudge took off above the key and maybe took three steps and just rang the rack. He is such no one even a, tried to. Oh my god, no one defend could, him. And I just I hope he does more and more and more of that. He also hit from outside. He did a lot of things, but there's just not enough of those guys on that basket. And don't forget, they started shooting 9%. Yes, that's correct, folks. 9% oh, into the second awful. half from beyond the arc. Yeah, it, it was it was an ugly, ugly offensive game, but I do give them The credit. fact that it was tied at halftime yeah. is incredible. Yeah, and then right down right down to the wire, and then they ended up stealing the ball from Castleton uh, for the go-ahead uh, winner, but it was, uh, it was still a good game. All right, so on that, let's go ahead and give uh, a Gator fan. Yes, if you want to go see 9% from three <laughs> – I have tickets for you, folks. The so, salesman, the JJ. Yes, has. yes. Um, Who are they playing? They are playing Texas A&M. Yes. Okay, all right. It's so that's a middle. Game. There's a good chance that they can Absolutely. win that one, and it's at the O Dome. Yep. And this is the warm up to the Mike Mike White revenge game, which Ooh. is on the seventh, I believe. Which did you guys see that stat that I sent you yesterday? Yes, in the group text? this mm-hmm. is the third time in the history of their basketball program that they have had ten wins at the start of before the start of January. Yeah. So maybe they should have kept Mike White around. Maybe Georgia's becoming a basketball school. Many are saying this. <laughs> All right, so we have Gator basketball tickets against Texas A&M. This is for next Wednesday the 4th. Um, if you are caller number four right now at 641 uh, 641-1010, excuse me, I will hook you up with tickets. We saved you a seat. It's Lunch with Leon on 1010XL. Brought to you by Wingstop. We're talking about the frigid temperatures across the country during the holiday season these past two weeks on a Thursday edition of XL Primetime. And I got to tell you, Coach Campo, as much as we're talking about these single-digit temperatures up where I was in New Jersey, I see Stacey Dales of NFL Network on the TV right now. And the image and video of her in Chicago where it was, what, minus 11 at kickoff? And she literally just said, I'm just so cold, please let me get off TV at, at least we don't have that around here. No, and and uh, listen, I I went two years to Cleveland after being in the South for a long time, and mm-hmm. and uh, the first year wasn't bad. The second year, I was ready to come back down as fast as possible. Well, I always like saying I don't like the cold because you know cold just does not suit me. But the other thing, I reason I don't like winter, is because all those people that you're talking about think about moving down here, yeah. okay? And I don't want to move down here. I want this to be ours, okay? Yeah. I don't need – but I, I was telling J.J. and Leon yesterday, in Buffalo, that winter storm up in Buffalo, they had a forklift that was picking up cars, shaking them, <laughs> just basically shaking the ice off of them and putting them right back in the same spot because they could not get to their car. That's insane. Well, we even in New Jersey had – there was a flood on – Thursday when there was the rain for the Thursday night game. And so there was a parking lot that the Hudson River actually over, you know, it flooded and, mm-hmm. you know, it went over the bank. And so the parking lot was filled with about a foot or two of water and there was standing water with cars still parked. Well, then when the temperatures dropped to single digits, those cars that were still in the parking lot literally got frozen into the parking lot and they were having to get uh, like construction equipment 
to try to break it's through the ice nuts. to then tow these people's cars. When they set up in Nash Vegas the other night that uh, if you went to the bathroom, chances are it was going to be frozen, uh, then I knew that that was not a spot that I, I needed to be in. Uh, that's for sure. Speaking right. of uh, Nash Vegas, we probably should circle back to that that from the first hour of today's program. Yeah. Uh, the fact that Josh Dobbs is going to start at quarterback for the Titans on Thursday night tonight. Um, Leon, my question is, are they trying to save Malik Willis? Like, are they trying to preserve the rookie so that he can face the Jags on next Sunday, much like the rest of their roster? Or is this because Malik Willis just isn't that good? I mean, they've got bad quarterbacks. So, I mean, Dobbs or Malik, I mean, it really doesn't matter. Listen, we have a lot, we have a lot of business the way we're supposed to have our business. It doesn't matter who they play. I feel like they're <laughs> – uh, this. I don't know. This, this team was on a roll, had won, what, seven of eight? Seven of eight. And yeah. now they are in danger of they, – they got a little bit of tank written on Tennessee right now. Is what it's, it, That's mm-hmm. what it feels like to me. Unless, unless you're going to make a decision about who your other quarterback is going into the offseason. Let, let us not forget, they fired their general manager after the loss to Philadelphia. Remember, A.J. Mm-hmm. Brown. You're the one who pointed out, Leon. Yep. A.J. Brown probably got him fired because he, they just could not pay him. And so now they're probably looking around going, Malik Willis was a third-round pick worth um, a draft experiment, but it, who knows whether it's going to work out or not. Kid out of liberty. And who knows what Josh – maybe they just want to see what he can do. Well, they signed him off the Lions practice squad eight days ago. Yeah, that's wild. I'm curious. I mean, Josh Dobbs is literally a space ro- – a rocket ship scientist. Yeah. Like, he's literally mm-hmm. a oh, rocket a scientist. Like, he, mm-hmm. he, he actually had an internship at NASA. That's his degree from yeah. the University of Tennessee. But how much of the playbook, Coach Campo, can you actually retain on eight days' notice? Well, I think it's going to be – they're going to be uh, pretty simple. And, and I think the reason that they're doing it, to be honest with you, is that they're not confident in Willis going into the game next week. And they want to at least get the guy out there and see what he can do. And then they'll make a decision going into our ball game. It does put a little bit of, uh, of indecision in the Jaguars going into the last game as well because you don't – you know, you're not quite sure which quarterback is going to go. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, that's part of it, too. It's a little bit psychological, probably. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, maybe because they're resting as many people as they are, they don't want to get Malik Willis hurt either. Maybe. That's true. You know, it's I true. mean, there's a lot of different reasons why that might be like, the case. Like the gamesmanship that can go on, make defensive guys have to do extra work, all that kind of stuff. I suppose it's possible, but you're, t- you're looking at two teams that all of a sudden – we talk about Jacksonville trying to wrestle the AFC South away from these two franchises because they've had had their say in, in this championship for quite some time. They do not look the part right now. Right. And, and I, 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 for one, am happy that the pile of mayonnaise in Nashville is turning into just to an oil and an egg. I am so happy that they are just right now sinking uh, to, to a low that, that they haven't experienced in a while. I love it. Before we send Leon off for the day, we have a couple for you off the text line, Leon. Wondering about the tattoo that you may be getting. They want to know, again, what was the what were the terms of getting a Jaguar tattoo? The bet for that. Well, what the term was of the Jaguars, this was week three when they were 2-1. and one. I said if the Jaguars make the playoffs, I will put a tattoo, a Jaguar logo tattoo on my forearm. Yeah, so I'm, I'm good with that. You're, you're still good with I'm, that. I'm not going to wet you on my bet. Okay. Uh, how about your bet? I would gladly put a tattoo. Okay, so the tattoo we're on board with. Mm-hmm. How about your bet for if Bo Nix wins the Heisman next year? 
No, no, no. Wa- watching that last was, night. That watching was, last night, That Leon. was this year. Yeah, exactly. He, he exactly. definitely clarified yeah, that Yeah, I one. said this year. He definitely clarified. I said clarified. if you want. Yeah, this year. And, and I said that to follow you, that if they made it to the postseason, I will put teal in the beard. I will make the, the, the – I will let the teal flow through the uh, through the. What did, what did Matt Hayes say? He, I know he had to say. I something. can't remember. He was thinking about uh, like accelerating his Achilles surgery or something. Yeah, something like it that. was something like that. JJ, I hope you've Dr. got Barry's listening. JJ, yeah. you've got to have that on recorded. Yeah. I, yeah. you know what he he's been walking around acting like he's fine lately. That's usually what happens when yeah. you're about to get a, a shot in your rear end or <laughs> surgery on your on your body. You're, you're like, just oh, like, you know what? I don't need it. I feel better. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel better. All right, let's do a funky fact right now. Time now for a funky fact. Get funky with Funky Buddha. You got him right there in the cooler section of your local grocer. Funky Buddha with all that craft coming out of South Florida. Uh, you can definitely enjoy it. The Hop Gun, the Chant, the Floridian, all of them. So, in honor of just how cold we were just talking about it being, the first indoor bowl game, first indoor bowl game was played in 1964. What bowl game was that? Nineteen sixty-four. Mm. I'm not telling you where it was played because it'll just confuse you. Did Detroit have? A, when did Detroit go no, indoors? No, we were in the Detroit, the Cherry Bowl back yeah. in the day, yeah. but that was uh, in the eighties. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nineteen sixty-four, the first indoor bowl game. So I, I'm assuming it's what? not the Sugar Bowl. New, I was just say New Orleans. I'm trying to think who had a that bowl. That would be probably the easiest guess. Who had an indoor stadium first? Yeah, know. these are not bad guesses because you are going to the domed. Right. But then he said if he told me where, it would confuse us. Yeah, it would. I'm just going to say the Independence Bowl. Isn't that in Shreveport? I, I bet it could have changed. I don't That's know. true. So we got to say the bowl? We're talking the 60s, man. We no. got to say the bowl name or we got to say? Yeah, just the bowl, the bowl game. name. I'm going to say... If you're right, so say, I'll start giving you clues because, because like I said... I know JJ, some bowls weren't in existence back yeah, this then. Will just right. I know you. that the Cheez-It mm. Bowl was not a thing. Or the Citrus Bowl brought to you by Cheez-Its. But this was played uh, in 64 is when it was played indoors. But this, the history of this bowl played uh, beginning in 1959 in Philadelphia. Okay. Uh, Ken Purcell just guessed uh, Houston. Nope, that is, that is not correct either. Um... This first indoor game was played in Atlantic City. Mm. Oh my God! Mm. But it, it, this will throw you it, off because it, it, it wasn't a uh, was it, there was no po- it wasn't a Division One. It was a one double A. Well, just it was the first bowl game. Yeah, indoor. does well, the bowl it, game it's still called exist? Called the uh, Boardwalk yes. Bowl. Yes, the, the no the, the the bowl game still exists. The New and, Jersey Bowl. And Utah beat West Virginia. At the Atlantic City Convention Hall. Yeah. Oh, okay. uh, I'm gonna say it's the. Uh, I'm gonna stick with the Independence Bowl. Yeah, there's I'm gonna wrong say with it's the. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna. Yeah, that's a good one. I'm gonna say the Liberty Bowl. Oh. I mean, there's a Liberty Bell in Philadelphia. That's a good one. Yeah. Yep. I, I knew if we got just a little further into the information, that she might go ahead and get this because. It Do was, I get a yes, sir? It was last night. With the Liberty Bowl and Sam Pittman. We got to get Sammy on soon. I miss him. I miss him so much. All the way back in 1964, it was up in Atlantic City. Now it's in Memphis now. So Mm. that's why I figured it would just confuse you. Well, it confused. That was confusing because the Division III National Championships, Mm -hmm. when I was coaching at the University of Bridgeport, Mm -hmm. 
the Bridgeport was in them, and it was called the Boardwalk Bowl, and it was in Atlantic City, and it was indoors. That's, so that's that may classic. be the first one. Yeah. They, they might not even have that in the that's wild. In the deal. Yeah, that's good. That's a little history right there. That's awesome. Yep, and off the text line, designed by Lifetime Enclosure, someone did get the Liberty Bowl, uh, which was great. Uh, actually, a couple of them. So I thought that was cool that they were paying attention. And I'm like. Apparently on the broadcast last night, they said that the original Liberty Bowl yep. was played indoors. Yep, and that's why. Mm. Hang on. Let me give you a quote from Sam Pittman that everyone's upset about. Oh, no. Why? We love him. Well, we do. We're not Arkansas fans. Yeah. Um, This is as much of a gratifying win as we've had as a head coach since I've been here. I'm telling you, he was like like, on one about about how many of his guys either opted out or in the portal already. Like, he was on one last night. He probably knew how – just terrible it would be if they actually lost that game. If that Kansas too. came all the way back after having such a crap year that they had. That yeah, 25 too. points ahead and had Kansas come storming back and almost lost that game because the tight end was wide open and Kansas decided to call a play with not their star quarterback, Daniels, last night. They went with the other guy. But what and- happens if Jalen Daniels didn't get hurt week six, week seven, whenever he got hurt, if the bean kid never played? They were, look, they Kansas's were- offense is fun. Well, Coach Campbell, were, if anybody can speak fun to, to watch. it, you're a Kansas. Fan. Oh yeah, I'll tell you what. They you talk about a culture change. He changed the culture uh, at, at Kansas oh, because yeah. you know Kansas is a basketball school through and through. This is the first. They had a chance last night, and and this is why I kind of said the same thing about the Jags. This would have been their first winning season since 2008. You know, so it's been a while there. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, obviously, they didn't do it again, but they did their last bowl game was in 2008, so yeah. it was Mark a historic Mangino. season. Yeah, Mark Mangino, the legend. Absolutely. <laughs> the legend. Oh, yeah. Never forget the orange oh. bowl yeah, photo. Orange. Yeah, he should have been in the – he was in the orange bowl. He was. Right? The picture yeah. of him. Yeah. It's amazing. Exactly. He was the orange bowl. I think it's still the Levitard show. Yeah, it still is the he Levitard the show's profile bowl. picture. Yeah. Look at this man. Yeah. He was just so happy to meet yeah. the orange. Yeah, he was He was definitely fired up. I actually, I actually leased his house oh, yeah? when I went to the University of Kansas. That's and, wild. Uh, had many conversations with him. He was ripping me off. Yeah. <laughs> he was taking he, he, he knew he had cowboy money coming in there, and he ripped me off. Yeah, and you're like, wait a minute. You weren't the head coach paying that freight uh, in, in, in Lawrence, Kansas. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, but Pittman, he probably stole a page from Jerry Jones, uh, an, an Arkansas uh, brethren, because that's when Jimmy said one of the most complete games he's ever seen as an owner was that win for Dallas, remember, up against Minnesota. So maybe he was channeling that. Who knows? Who knows? All right, Big Sirs, what are you going to channel this afternoon? Out and yeah, I'm cheer on. against FSU. Oh, that's right. Tonight. Oh, five oh absolutely. Yeah, we probably I will find that. me a seat to cheer against Florida State. Yeah, so absolutely. you're going to have some boomer sooner in you. Uh, oh, yeah. well, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. it's a 10-point line. Yeah, you know, Florida State, they're, they're feeling themselves right now. So yeah. I, I would love nothing more than <laughs> All right, well, enjoy that. All right. All right, we got some bowl action that, that we will get into a little bit later on. Uh, the Q's in Minnesota, mm-hmm. uh, the fight in Trescas and all of them. They're a all A lot of good up. lines <laughs> if yeah. you're uh, into that sort of thing for uh, the, the slate of games coming up today. Well, I am. I just can't seem to get them right right now. That's for sure. Seven hundred home run club only has three members: Barry Bonds, Henry Aaron, and Babe Ruth. Pools two swings away from joining them. He drives this one. It's deep to left, and that is six ninety nine for Albert Pujols. 
one home run away from 700. Pujols sends one in the air. It's deep to left. Taylor's back at the wall. And 700. Albert Pujols has joined the 700 home run club. This is XL Primetime. Brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. We usually just have a Modella moment at the end of the show, but these are all Modella moments reliving 2022. And Pujols uh, did it, well, he had two Modella moments in the same game. Uh, pretty dang good. A special career for a guy that uh, beloved in the game of baseball. And he, he he touched the Dodgers just for a short amount of time, but he's a Cardinal through and through. That's I'm so sure. glad, and I understand you National League baseball fans, mm-hmm. like you, you Dodgers and oh, Cubs, yeah. you don't want to hear this, but – I am so glad it look, looks like he will finish his career in mm-hmm. St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. there, there is just something beautiful to well, that. I love the fact that towards the end with the Dodgers, he was able to make an impact. And he also, it was evident that he had an impact on individuals. And as Coach Campo hangs out with us, I mean, it doesn't matter whether the guy's got a stat sheet towards the end of his career that's just glossy. It's the impact that he can have on 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 those others around him. They 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 love Pujols in that Dodgers. Well, you know, veterans uh, have that uh, resume, mm-hmm. you know, and, and guys gravitate to it. And he actually did much better than people anticipated. 24 homers this year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's, he, he, look, he stays fairly healthy, eats right, does all those things. And it's, it's like what Justin Verlander is doing is turning back the clock. Who else ain't doing that necessarily? No, no. But still, just the fact that he was able to do it. By the way, uh, Sleevage uh, did text in on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures that his dad was at the Liberty Bowl hey, last there night, you go. so he heard that stat. Re- one more quick on Pujols. Mm-hmm. Uh, baseball Reference does projections, which, I mean, listen, like injuries and other things can happen. They project that Albert Pujols will hit 20 home runs if he plays this upcoming mm-hmm. season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's a DH. I Over, mean, you under, run yes, you no. Just kinda, it depends on how many at-bats. But, I mean, like, even a 50-year-old Albert Pujols, if he gets enough at-bats, could probably give you 10 home runs. They got so. him at an uh, estimated 366 at-bats. Is he coming back? It sounds like it. Wow. He hasn't said he isn't. So, I mean. Sit it out, bro. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen any. I'm on his Twitter right now. No one's seen anything. He does a ton of awesome philanthropic stuff. But, no, that's. Well, he did say it was his final Major League Baseball home run derby. So Okay, maybe I'm, Miggy said he's not coming back. Right, had 3, and, y- and Yadier Molina yes. also retired. Yeah, Yadier, but I didn't even know that Miggy said for sure, but maybe he did. Um, I think they all, at one point, like Molina, Cabrera, Pujols, they're all like, we are outlasting Tom Brady, man. Whatever it takes, <laughs> we are outlasting him. And, and they and they can't do it. They cannot no, outlast no, him. No, Brady, Brady's talking about where he's going to be next year. <laughs> right, Coach Campo, let, let's segue to that. Uh, as we see him up on our TV a, a couple of minutes ago on NFL Network, at 1010XL headquarters, where is Tom Brady playing? If you're if you're a betting man on December 29th, 2022, where are you saying Tom Brady is playing in 2023, if at all? I don't think he's going to play. I, I think he's done. Really? I think this year is better. I would be done. Yeah. I mean, I, I you know, he's at the point, I think, where it's going to be diminishing returns, and I don't think he wants to go out necessarily – with diminishing returns. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think he might have in some ways made a mistake coming back this year. Maybe it cost him his marriage or whatever. 
I doubt that that was the that might have been the final blow, but I, yeah. I'm sure there was some other situation. But uh, you know, I I, I'm, I I think this might be his retirement. I I I I don't know the perfect way to walk away if you had a career like he's had. Uh, and Leon says it all the time. You know, Father Time is 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 undefeated, and it's true. It's like you can make a decision on when you want to go, or the game will make the decision for you. That's how I always have termed it, and. I don't blame him for coming back a year after the Super Bowl. Trying, especially with all the guys that they had coming back. After that, probably a little too much. Yeah. Especially after you sat out for 40 days. I think he was trying to hit lightning in a bottle. Yeah, exactly. Brett exactly. Favre's legacy is obviously tarnished by now the off-the-field stuff in the last few months. Yeah. But even then, I would still think there are many folks that question his legacy because he was trying to play out the string with random Vikings and Jets teams. That, that game against the Saints it was, right? Yeah, the Saints. was one of the greatest games I've watched. I mean, it was a great game. NFC Championship before he throws the pick. It just so happens Porter picks off. How about this way to finish up a season? Hey, you guys won the Super Bowl. Do you have anything to do with that? Well, yeah, I picked off Brett Favre to get us to the Super Bowl, and then I picked off Peyton Manning to seal it. That's a pretty good way to, to wrap up a year. But Brett still felt like he had something in him, and he was pushed out the door. So I could see him maybe playing a little angry coach, and yeah. just wanting to get the you know squeeze every bit of it out of there. Well, you know he beat us. Yeah, uh, I had gone back to Dallas, and mm-hmm. we were in the playoffs, and we we uh, went up to Minnesota. We won the first game, went up to Minnesota, and he worked us over. So yeah. he still had a lot. Yeah, he did. I, he? I can't remember if he had one more year after that. I I, I don't know. I, I I don't remember, but I know he. I know I was a secondary coach, yeah. and, and he worked us over pretty good. Yeah, he he was such a fun player to watch, and 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 I guess Brady had his obviously his exit plan when he was leaving New England. He wasn't necessarily a jaded and jilted lover like Brett Favre was with Aaron Rodgers, you know, sitting next to him ready to take over. But still, yeah, you got to know when to say when. Our boy Dell on the text line, designed by Lifetime Enclosures, uh, in addition to sending us a, a mock-up of what Leon's forearm tattoo may look like when the Jaguars, if the Jaguars, if if the Jaguars make the playoffs. Let me tell you something. He sent a picture of big number 72. Yeah. Big Sirs, uh, he is a beautiful man. He is a beautiful man. JJ, you got to come see this. Yeah, no, JJ responded. Oh, he's got it. Oh, yeah, but he's Dell got also it. sent that he's his – such a beautiful Del man. Dell also sent on the subject of Tom Brady that Brady can't go out like this he didn't lose his family for one more season. He has to come back, but yeah, it that's won't, my point. won't be with the Bucks. He will join the Saints with Sean Payton. But, like, why are you going to give up? You got a divorce because you were going to still play football. So why would you just stop playing football? You're divorced because, now. You can right. do what you want. Uh, run and rip, uh, as Rick Ballou would <laughs> yes. say, okay? Uh, you're free if that's what you want to be. But from a football standpoint, he's not free. He's almost jailed now because – uh, the the arm ain't what it once was, at the very least, a uh, consistent arm that he's been used to for so long. I want to run through these college football uh, betting lines, the bowl game lines for today, mm-hmm. tomorrow. Yeah. So uh, who better to do it with than the guy we're going to hand the reins off to here oh, I, at 1010XM? I, yeah, he's, he's a betting machine yeah. as we, I look we gotta- Now, the two-minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers, equal opportunity employer. You know, the first thing I thought of when I saw the schedule, into the night, 
with Rick Ballou one day, a hacker after dark the next day, and it's 2 and 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Okay, I don't think people know what's going on Hey, the sun sets early in the winter up north. I was getting weirded out last week when it was 4 o'clock and the sun was going down. Uh, Hack's used to that. He spent some time in in New England. I do spend some time in New England with the in-laws. What I always love is when I do a show during the day, and inevitably I'll get the five or six text messages When we do the Hacker After Dark rejoin, yeah. Hacker, you know, it's not, it's not After Dark. It's not Get dark right, right out of town. You're kidding, right? That's a special edition of Hacker yeah. After Dark. Exactly. So you come rolling in, ready to go. Uh, things are still in front of this Jacksonville Jaguar team that uh, you may not have anticipated uh, over these last couple of weeks. It's it's a fun time for, for all of Duval right now. Man. It, it, it's a fun time. Let me tell you about my last two hours, yeah. all right? I've told Denmark about this. This is an amazing story, actually. Yeah. And I'm I'm curious your thoughts. Maybe we'll get Coach's perspective on this as a married man as I well. I do love that he's come in and told you before you hear it. It is amazing. It's it's a great story. Yeah. It, it, it's, a, it's a real knee slapper. Yeah. So uh, I have a, a podcast set up that I have at the house. Mm-hmm. And one of my pieces of equipment just went missing this morning. I had, right. had no idea where it was. And I was getting ready to do one of my, uh, one of my interviews that I do. So uh, – I couldn't do that, so the wife says, "Well, I'll run to be- I'll run to a store and, and pick up the equipment for you." I've already got my detective hat yeah. on right now, and, and I said, "No, don't worry about it." I mean, I'm upset, but don't worry about it. I'll figure it out. No, 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 I'll, I'll run up there. Okay, I told her not to, but whatever. Ten minutes later, I get a text. I might be going to the big house. I got pulled over for going 20 miles an hour over the speed limit. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's my that's my afternoon in a nutshell. Oh, so she's got a lead foot. Apparently, Mrs. yeah. Mrs. Hacker has so a lead foot. So she Heidi's she's blaming a... me for the ticket that she got. Because now wait a minute. Wait <laughs> just a minute. This is only going to be made you think better. that's unusual and amazing <laughs> that she's blaming you? She's yeah. blaming me. <laughs> For getting yanked by the JSO. This is SOP is is what this is. This is standard operational procedure. This is only going to be made better when you find that missing piece in Forrest's toy box. That's true, too. That's going to be what makes this story incredible. That was my bet. He's got it. So this is all within the last two hours. So (laughs) if anybody on the JSO pulled over a car on Phillips Highway, I want to give you a big thanks about 1130 this morning. By the way, Sheriff Mark, who runs up and down uh, Hogan Road, he was we named him Sheriff Mark of Hogan Road. He might he might be able to help you, but I'm wondering what hit the text line yeah six four one ten ten what twenty over the speed limit Ooh, runs you that's, these that's days. A, well that's a no, apparently like she, she was yeah. not accurate uh-uh. in that she Believe wasn't exactly, JJ, I am aware of that right there buddy <laughs> she was worried she was twenty over that's not what the ticket amount. read yeah. though so we kind of lucked out on that so one. thankfully the highest I've ever gotten and I'm sure it, it can be worse thankfully this was the highest three hundred eighteen bucks yeah. whoa that's about it for yeah. 20 we did over. not get that. Yeah. Far less than that. But that's that's my day. So I'm very excited to be on here for the next two hours to not think about that any longer. Yeah, well, you don't want to go home. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, it's my fault that she got pulled over. Right. In happier news, uh, you have Cowboys-Titans to look forward to this evening, Hack. Uh, the Cowboys, 13.5-point favorites. Now the news that Josh Dobbs will be the starting quarterback. How are you feeling about yeah. this evening's yeah, game? Yeah, getting benched, Malik Willis. That's a terrible deal, and, and who knows what the Titans are going to do. Uh, moving forward after the benching of Malik Willis. Uh, we're going to have Mickey Ryan on from 104.5 The Zone in Nashville. He's also on the Titans pregame show to talk about uh, what's going on up there is clearly Vrabel is taking a different approach mm-hmm. than Doug Peterson. Yeah, they are resting 
or benching, I guess, everybody getting ready for next Sunday. Yeah, up for interpretation. All right, bro. Thanks, man. We will be listening. Thanks, guys. Hacker After Dark, Coach Campo, thanks for hanging out with us. Happy New Year to you, sir. Happy New Year to everybody, yeah. Hack, and, and uh, you all. Yeah, happy 2023 because it's coming fast and furious. We will be at the Ale House tomorrow right here on Southside Boulevard. So you Gamecock fans, come on by. Uh, especially with the kickoff at 3.30. We'd love to see you around noon tomorrow. Joe C., MOB, welcome back. Me, O'Brien, we'll have Matty Hayes on vacation for one more day, but Big Source will be with us as well.